0: This podcast is part of the project, Agri in the Capitals, funded by the IMCAP programme of the European Union. The content of this podcast represents the views of the author only and is his, her sole responsibility. The European Commission does not accept any responsibility for use that may be made of the information it contains.
1: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Interactive AgriFood Podcast on knowledge sharing in the agricultural sector. We are agri AgriFood journalists Julia Dam,
2: Gerardo Fortuna, and Natasha Fett.
3: So we really want to see more, um, actually, more acknowledgement that farmers' knowledge is valuable. Listening to
4: to what the farmer needs is is really very important for everything, for advice, for training, for operational groups.
5: Uh, he was, you know surprised that there's no universal source of knowledge when it comes to best practices around farming
4: times are
6: changing that uh, as farmers often they are exposed to many opportunities but also many challenges and this requires new knowledge, new solutions. to The farming community all over the world
0: is under pressure to come up with new innovative solutions to rise to the challenge of climate change and biodiversity loss. But farming in a more environmentally friendly way can be a challenge.
2: And as the old adage goes, a problem shared is a problem halved which is why it's so important to create ways for farmers to connect and share the tips and tricks they have learned to help accelerate the green transition in farming and improve production efficiency.
1: To talk about the hardships farmers have to face in accessing knowledge, we spoke with Clarine Klingen, an agroecological farmer and co-founder of Agroecological Farmers Association, Tukumsburen.
0: Thanks very much for, for joining us, Clarine. Um, so... So, as a farmer yourself, how hard do you find it to access new reliable knowledge um, and innovative techniques and technologies?
3: Yeah, it's actually quite a challenge because um, uh, if you want to participate in a, a project um, to get uh, to the knowledge, it's mainly industrial knowledge that is uh, being promoted. Uh, so, if I want to um, uh, apply for a call for a project, it's, uh, it has to be either new stable, new big machinery that isn't really suit my type of farming, which is more uh, working together with nature and biodiversity and things. So this is a a problem, yeah.
2: So uh, right now, if you were considering implementing something new on the farm uh, and needing some inspiration or advice, where would you turn to uh, typically?
3: Where I definitely first go to is my uh, fellow farmers, my colleagues, my friends, people who are really in the same uh, type of scene because experience is really the most relevant uh, type of information for us. Uh, So this would really be the first thing uh, to go to, to go to colleagues, yeah, to ask them.
0: And so how do you you connect with colleagues though? I mean, because, you know, it can be quite uh, lonely being on farms. You can be quite isolated. You know, how how is it that you guys manage to stay in touch? Is it through social media, you know, tell us more.
3: Yeah. It's a challenge because everybody's busy, but on the other hand, if it's really about uh, farm technologies that are relevant to us, everybody's always willing to share some time because they also want to learn. Everybody's aware of this mutual learning uh, benefit. So if I ask uh, a colleague about something, uh, how do you do it on your farm? They're always happy to share. If I ask them to come to a meeting. It's another thing, they will not make time for it. So it's really about uh, sharing technologies. Everybody's in general, in my experience, is happy to do uh, with colleagues. Yeah.
2: What would you like uh, to see from uh, from EU policy? So from the European Union to promote uh, knowledge sharing?
3: Yeah. So as I mentioned before, um, in my experience, especially in the Netherlands, um, the kind of support that we are that is offered to us is very uh, high-tech innovation-minded, uh, and this is uh, something that's really a uh, counter-interest of agroecological farmers. So we really want to see more, um, actually, more acknowledgement that farmers' knowledge is valuable. So our experiences, we like, we experiment on our fields every day. So we learn by doing, and we see. The results and also we feel the results of our experiments immediately. So we really have to, we suffer the consequences if we make wrong choices and we enjoy the benefits if we make right choices. And this type of knowledge is so valuable for us and for our colleagues. So really, I really um, want to ask uh, policy to um, be aware of this and uh, organize it in a way that uh, knowledge sharing from farmer to farmer is like, it should become number one, really, and all the other high-tech innovation stuff where other people make money on our farms, eh, they sell machinery to us, so they, become, uh, they make the money on our work. Um, this is really dominant at this moment, and this, according to me, really should change. Hmm.
0: So you need a, a broader diversity of the kind of knowledge that you can access.
3: Yeah, diversity, and especially uh, recognizing that uh, farmers' knowledge is valuable. It's a valuable type of knowledge. So what kind of projects already
1: exist to help farmers connect and share knowledge? Well, one innovative project that has cropped up in the EU is the EU Farm Book. We spoke with Alice Minichini, project officer at the EU's Young Farmers Association, to hear more about this new product developed under Eureka, which is a Horizon 2020 project.
2: So Alice, you uh, experienced, you had an experience in the pilot program of this uh, EU farming project, could you tell us a bit more about uh, uh, this project and what was your uh, experience?
6: We started the project from a very practical concern. So we know that times are changing, that uh, as farmers often they are exposed to many opportunities but also many challenges And this requires new knowledge, new solutions to problems, and they need to be exposed to uh, -to up-to-date information. And often this means that you need to exchange knowledge not only with your peers' farmers, but also with researchers and advisors. And so we we ask ourselves the question, how can we help farmers in this? Where can farmers access to -to up-to-date knowledge Uh, in an easy way and so we actually how Eureka started to test a very big idea to bring together and organize all practical knowledge from previous uh, research and innovation projects in agriculture and put it together in one platform as much user-friendly as possible and accessible to farmers, foresters and advisors. And uh, that's how our journey started.
0: The pilot of the project involved 21 partners from 15 countries, coordinated by the University of Ghent in Belgium. These partners include universities, research centers, but also farmers.
6: The website is very easy uh, to access. Uh, It's uh, available in 14 languages and you can find knowledge based on six categories. Uh, like forestry, crop farming, environment, uh, society, livestock, uh, economics and for each you can search for a type of knowledge you you are curious about Um, and inside you find this database of knowledge, of what we call knowledge objects meaning uh, knowledge outputs from the research and innovation projects in agriculture and I mean in practical terms it means uh, uh, practice abstracts, technical reports, videos, podcasts, infographics and the public can download the knowledge object and can also comment on it in in the language and then the comment will be automatically translated.
2: If they don't find what they're looking for, farmers can also launch a thread of their own to connect with other people interested in the same area. So it's an interactive and dynamic platform. So what's the feedback so far?
6: Overall, they found the concept of the farm book very relevant to their work. They declared that they would use the pla- platform because they find it as an easy to use platform uh, uh, platform and place to find ideas for new projects and to exchange. Actually, they really like this interactive part of the the platform, Uh, the possibility to comment and exchange and interact uh, using the thread function. And then they also raised some uh, interesting Critical points that I mean for us that we work designing the platform are very very important. I mean, they are food for thought. And for example, they ask question on uh, how we check for the quality of the knowledge outputs and the means of verification. Uh, if we want to develop an app, uh, they ask question related to the translation. For me, it was really great to see such an interest and interaction from the young farmers who are. A very important uh, user of of this platform uh, on the project and I mean it's really satisfactory especially after um, an intense work of two years.
1: The team are now applying for funding for a seven year follow-up project starting in June this year and ending May 2029 to expand on the work done so far uh, and to include new partners to reach more European farmers. Another
0: option available to farmers is WikiFarmer, the Wikipedia of farming. And this is an open access platform which offers how-to articles to farmers all around the world in 16 different languages. So what inspired the creation of Wikifarma? Well, here's what the CEO, Ilya Susis, had to say.
5: The idea started with uh, came from my co-founder, who is a farmer himself an agrono- and an agronomist. So uh, he was, you know... Surprised that there's no universal source of knowledge when it comes to best practices around farming. So he started writing most of the content and editing the content. Uh, We translated and later on the platform became much more uh, user generated. So we have uh, farmers sending sending us their articles. uh, Universities and specialists, agronomists also sending us their articles for free. We do that for free. We offer free access to every farmer in the world. Um, so they also send us their articles, and the main goal, as you said, is share the knowledge of farmers and experts uh, in regards to you know producing and cultivating their fields in the best uh, possible way when it comes to environment and when it comes to also uh, the yield that the farmers can get. We did a lot of research uh, in you know more emerging markets, let's say, even in Greece and we found out that most farmers still grow their fields uh, based on the advice, the experience uh, of their ancestors and not in um, the best uh, or or in the recommended way by, you know, more agronomists or scientists etc. So this is how the idea idea came and the truth is once we launched it, we, we, you know, we got flooded by questions, uh, messages, uh, our website immediately got a lot of traffic. Um, so the feedback was very positive, so we understood that there's a great need for that.
1: 12 million farmers from all over the world, from South America to the Middle East, have already visited the platform. To accommodate the wide ranging interests of farmers, the platform has since introduced a new feature to let farmers vote on the subjects that interest them in most to help better, better target content.
5: I wouldn't say there's a specific subject, that uh, a universal subject that farmers ask for. It it really depends on the country. So, for example, in Greece, we get a lot of questions around olive trees because this is something that everybody is interested in. Um, In other countries, we might get uh, questions about uh, livestock mostly, or uh, it, it really depends. It really depends on the country.
2: So, what is the EU doing to help farmers share knowledge? We spoke with a policymaker who's dealing with the issue on a daily basis.
4: I'm Inge van Oost. I work uh, in DG Agri in the unit uh, responsible for the European Innovation Partnership and the networking. And we are also responsible for the Agricultural Knowledge and Innovation System. The commission
1: has a long history in facilitating knowledge sharing, but their approach has changed recently.
4: Until uh, 2010, we had the classical things like training and also what was called a farm advisory system, which is a list that member states had to keep um, from which the farmers then would know which advisor could deliver Uh, which knowledge on cross-compliance. So this was really put in place to support the introduction of cross-compliance because that was a moment that direct payments were not obvious anymore. Sanctions could come if you would not comply. And uh, the commission then wanted to put something in place to help farmers uh, to understand better what to do. In other words,
0: the commission has switched to a listening mode to better understand farmers' needs.
4: This listening mode and starting from the position from the farmer is extremely important to get afterwards your solutions into practice. That's what I said in the beginning. Um, Advice is advice. And what you really need is to convince the farmer. And if you start from stepping in his shoes and understanding what are his problems, which are often also
2: sustainability problems. According to Inge, this listening mode has led to a different relationship between farmers and researchers.
4: It's more difficult for researchers to understand what is farming and that's why we needed to set up new systems to co-create, to work together uh, for solutions for the challenges that we face in particular now with the Green Deal, we have plenty of challenges. They were already there earlier, but we, we work now with a more interactive uh, model. And uh, this works much better to convince farmers uh, to take up knowledge because they are involved. They can express their doubts, their views, their practical context that maybe researchers or uh, would not have.
1: So how does Inge see this new interaction between farmers and researchers will work on the
4: ground? In many research projects, it's the researcher who dominates. And farmers are just uh, not happy with this attitude. They also want to, they are entrepreneurs, they also have ideas. Uh, To give you an example, in in an Irish uh, operational group, uh, a very big one, uh, 25 million euros, they were trying to protect uh, the habitat of a rapture, the hen harrier. And um, they were working in the specific sites of, uh, of, of uh, interest. Um, and there, all the farmers, together with their trusted advisors, had to play a role and had to think together what could be the best solutions to. Improve this habitat. And in this particular example, it was keeping uh, certain areas in the uplands as, as open as possible. And the obvious solution is to put cattle there, where they were starting to take cattle away because it was not profitable. So to put cattle there. And w- during the project, for instance, ideas that came from the farmers were to put some micronutrient blocks in order to have. Uh, a better profit that this cattle on these highlands, keeping the habitats open, would at the same time um, be profitable for them, because they were missing certain nutrients there. So these are things that somebody behind a desk in in an office of a managing authority would never think of, but can be very, very important in order to motivate the farmers to implement uh, those measures.
0: So that's all from us this week. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Euractive AgriFood podcast. Join us on Friday where we'll resume our normal AgriFood podcast
2: coverage. And this podcast is also available on all major streaming platforms that includes Amazon, Apple, Spotify and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so that you don't miss the latest agriculture news in the EU.
1: I'm Julia Dam. Thanks for listening and see you next time.